You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. Welcome back to the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest. Like, I don't even know how I get such amazing people as this, but this woman is not only changing the lives of so many, but she's listening to this. She will change your life as well. I Today, I've got Dr. Debbie Silver. She is the founder of the PBT, which is the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute, and is a holistic psychologist a health mindset and a personal development expert, the author of Trust Again, and is a two-time number one international best-selling author of The Unshakable Woman and From Hardened to Healed, The Effortless Path to Release Resistance, Get Unstuck, and Create a Life You Love. Her podcast, From Betrayal to Breakthrough, is a great is a globally ranked within the top 1.5% of podcasts. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. Like, y'all, listen, we about to be healing faster. Like, are you not excited? <laughs> In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx Twice, I, she didn't include this, but WebMD, like the American Cancer Society, it's, incre- it, it's insane, and so many more. She's an award-winning speaker and a coach dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals, as well as any other blocks preventing them from their health, work, relationships, confidence, and happiness they most want. Check out her links in the show notes below. I'm so happy to get into this. So great to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. So how did you... um, get started in doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is actually my 30th year in business. And as business would morph and change, so would, I mean, as life would change, so would business. And, you know, I don't think anybody says, yeah, I think I want to study betrayal. No, you study because you have to. So I had a really painful betrayal from my family. And then a few years later thought I did everything I needed to do to heal. And then it happened again. This time it was my husband. Anybody who's been through it, you're shocked, you're blindsided, you know, life as you've known it is no longer. So I got him out of the house because that was the deal breaker. And I looked at the two experiences and I was like, well, what, what's similar to these two? Of course me, but what else? And I realized, you know, I never took my needs seriously, always put myself last. And I'm one of those believers that if nothing changes, nothing changes. Mm -hmm. So here I was four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. And I'm like, I'm going back for a PhD. And it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and and human potential, because I was changing so much, I didn't quite understand it. He was too, wasn't ready to look at that. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. Okay. Now I have to ask, what were those discoveries? 
Yeah. So the first one was, you know, I was studying betrayal and uh, post-traumatic growth. And for those who aren't familiar, post-traumatic growth is if you can imagine like an upside of trauma, how, how that trauma, death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, whatever it is, leaves you with a new awareness, insight, perspective that you didn't have. But I had been through death of a loved one. I'd been through disease. And I was like, no, betrayal feels very different. But I didn't want to assume it was the same for everyone. So I asked all my study participants and I said, if, you, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Unanimously, they said, oh my gosh, it's so different. Here's why. Because it feels so intentional, we take it so personally. So the entire self gets shattered and has to be rebuilt. Think about it rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, they're destroyed, right? If you lose someone you love, you grieve, you're sad, you mourn the loss, you don't question your sanity. You know, you don't lose your ability to trust, right? So this whole thing about the shattering of the self, it needed its own term. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation. That's the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after an experience with betrayal. That was the first discovery. It's so true. You, it does feel intentional. It does. It's a completely different feeling than some stranger doing it. Cause it's usually like you're betrayed by somebody that you deeply love Mm -hmm. and that's close to you. And you, you do harbor onto a lot of things and, and letting go of things like letting go of bitterness is one thing that I, I would think that would have to go along with that learning how to let go um, of all of those things and no longer holding them within, because I know that that has to do, has to have to do with the health of it. Well, that brings me to the second discovery. And, and this was, there's, we found there's actually this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. So we've had, I don't know, 60, 70,000 people take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. A few things about that. The first thing is we've all been taught time heals all wounds. I have the proof when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. Because there's a, there's a question on the quiz that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. I feel gutted. So we know time does not heal betrayal. You need a very specific protocol to heal it. But every few months, I pull the stats from the quiz to see where people land. Do you want me to share some? Oh, yes. I love stats. Because okay. it would be really weird if you said no. <laughs> Okay. So, so now imagine 60, 70,000 people, men, women, just about every country's represented. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. 94% deal with painful triggers. And those triggers are awful. Physical, the most common physical symptoms, 71% have low energy, 68% have sleep issues, 63% have extreme fatigue. That's how you know your adrenals have tanked. 47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, maybe you can't hold food down. Later on, you're using food for comfort. 45% have a digestive issue. And that's anything, Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea. The most common mental symptoms, 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief, 68% are unable to focus, 64% are in shock, 62% can't concentrate. You still have to raise your kids. You still have to work. That's not even the emotional ones. 
Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are very angry, common to bounce back and forth between those two emotions. 82% are hurt. 80% have anxiety. 79% are stressed. Just a few more. Here's why I wrote trust again. 84% have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. And so many people have been betrayed. So that, that goes to show how so many people are hurting right now in our society. And then adding on other pressures like COVID and isolation, um, just, just to be honest, my cousin, what my second cousin, I didn't really know him that well, but he committed suicide, uh, last night and, um, he's 22 years old and, you know, the numbers of African-American men in their twenties have committing suicide have increased by 40% since we're talking numbers. And I absolutely believe that this betrayal stuff really contributes to that um among you know the pop not just african-americans i'm you know i was just giving that stat but yeah people all over the world um we've we've seen an uptick in uh suicide and not feeling like you've got you know someone to go to someone to and proper ways to to really manage and handle these things so i i'm so happy that you do what you do because it's something that's needed and very very specific and, and I'll, what's even crazier about the numbers I just read, first of all, you didn't hear me say one, 20%, 30%. I didn't read anything mm-hmm. with stats that low. Here's what's even crazier. These statistics aren't necessarily from something that happened recently. It could be from something that happened in childhood, mm-hmm. the boyfriend, the girlfriend in high school. So think about this. Here, that person, let's just say, you know, an uncle when you were seven years old, right? That person doesn't even know, care, or even remember. And here we are living with the anxiety, living with the gut issue, living with the hypervigilance based on something that happened decades ago that that person did. That's the biggest crime because yes, it happened. But when we spend decades, think about the choices we make or don't make based on how we feel, based on the meaning we've given that experience. That's the biggest crime. Yeah. Not even like, how, how do you, what are ways that people can start to implement this type of healing in their life today? Yeah. Well, that, you know, that brings up the third discovery. Mm-hmm. And th- this one was, you know, while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many of us do, if we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome to that healed state of post-betrayal transformation, we're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every one of those stages. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Healing is entirely predictable. So if someone knows where they're at, then they could just move. It's like, okay, there's a, there's a roadmap and you can find out where you are and see where you need to go. And I'm happy to share the stages if that would serve. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Okay. So the first, and they're all written in trust. Again, it's what all of our certified coaches are certified in. It's what we teach within the PBT Institute. I'm going to give you a sort of distilled version right here. So stage one is like a setup stage. And if you can imagine four legs of the table, 
uh, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody, me too, was this real heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting and ignoring the emotional and the spiritual. What does that look like? It looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really prioritizing the feeling and being, right? So if we only have two legs of that table, easy to topple over, that's us, right? Um, stage two, by far the scariest of all of the stages. And this is shock, D-Day, Discovery Day. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. So right here, you've ignited the stress response. You're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around what you just learned. This makes no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model, the rules that govern you that prevent chaos. Don't go here, trust this person, these are the rules. And in one earth shattering moment or series of moments, every rule you've ever known to be real and true is no longer. The bottom is bottomed down on you and the new bottom hasn't been formed yet. This is terrifying. But think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of anything and everything you could to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three. Survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this? Where do I go? Who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap though. Stage three is the most common place to get stuck. And here's why. Mm -hmm. Once you've figured out how to survive your experience, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, we're like, okay, all right, this is good. I got this. And because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we don't know there's a stage four, or stage five, transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we start planting roots here. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. And four things happen. The first thing is we start getting all these small self benefits from being here. You get your story, you get to be right. You get someone to blame. You get a target for your anger. You get sympathy from everybody you tell your story to, right? And that kind of feels good in a way. So you plant deeper roots. You're not supposed to, but you don't know that. And now that you're here longer than you're supposed to be, you know, you're thinking to yourself like, well, maybe I deserved it. Maybe I'm not all that great. Maybe this, maybe that. You plant deeper roots. Now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, this is the energy you're putting out. Well, like energy attracts like energy. So now you start calling situations and circumstances and relationships towards you to confirm, yep, this is where you belong. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels, and the misery loves company crowd, they come around here now too. Mm -hmm. Because it feels so bad, but you don't know there's anywhere else to go, Right here, you resign yourself. You're like, this stinks, but I have to get through my day. So right here, you start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, whatever. Now think about this. You do it for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years out and say that emotional eating you're doing, that drinking you're doing, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I'm crazy. They would say, it happened 20 years ago. All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. That makes sense? Oh, it really does. Because when you, the victimhood mentality, mm -hmm. there's so there's so many things here in the, in the survival state that you, and 
I think that our our hustle culture contributes to this as well because we're mm-hmm. so used to the whole like get up and go and just handle it and ignore it and keep going. And you know what? When you got people that you can relate to, it makes it so uncomfortable to be around people that are at a different level than you if you're not willing to take yourself to that level and you don't think that they understand or, you know, and you want to just stay stuck in where you are um, in emotional state because you haven't properly healed from that. So yeah, no, it makes complete and total sense. And I love that you said that because one of the biggest things that happens when you move from stage three to stage four is this change in friendships. And and here's, you know, let me, you know, share what those stages are and you see how this happens. If you're willing to let go of your story and everything you get from it, grieve more than the last bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo what happened, but I control what I do with it. And right in that decision, you're turning the stress response down. You're not healing just yet, but you at least stop the massive damage you were creating in stage two, stage three. Stage four is like the feeling of if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, all your stuff's not there. It's not quite cozy yet, but you know, it's going to be okay. That's the feeling. But here's the thing. Think about it. If you were to move, you don't take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent who you want to be when you're in that new space. And what I found was if your friends weren't there for you, you've outgrown them right here. You don't take them with you. And really common People say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they don't rise, they don't come. Very common. But here's why if you're not really committed to transformation, you'll sabotage yourself because you don't want to outgrow your friendships. That's a whole other conversation we could talk about. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when you're in this stage and you're making it cozy, making it mentally home, you move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that before you were surviving. Now you do. Your mind is healing. You're making new rules. You're making new boundaries based on the road you just traveled. And you have a new worldview based on everything you see so clearly now. And the four legs of that table, in the beginning, it was all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. I I got so many notes from this and I, I cannot wait to listen back to this because you dropped so much knowledge and information, especially from like your 30 years of experience. It's amazing. I, I find that... Um, Leaning on God for me has been one of the things that has helped me through the trials and tribulations that I faced. Um, I think that once one thing that is left out, you know, with the journey of life of, you know, with healing is we really got to hone in on those resiliency and, um, consistency and all of those things, those tactics learned back in survival mode, we learn, we use them. We use some of those things, but like you were saying, we don't take all of that stuff with us. We don't take the hurt. We, we use, okay. What, what got us back from the shock, right? Cause you're going to have new things that come your way. You're going to mm-hmm. have these new like <laughs> things that can add complete uncertainty to your life. For mm-hmm. instance, our, our last biggest thing was COVID. And for many of the people, it was a war in Ukraine. Yep. And, and it just can, a lot of people coming forward is going to be natural disasters that are completely ripping their homes away and other wars in different locations. 
Um, and while you're battling with the things here and now and present, and you're also trying to heal from the hurt in the past, the betrayal in the past, using the survival mechanisms in a specific way. Do you find that to be something that's helpful? Yeah. Well, you know, even like you brought up COVID, here's, here's how, um, like take two people moving through COVID and, and I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not minimizing it all. I had it twice. I've lost loved ones, but there are some people who look at COVID and they say, it was the absolute worst thing. I can't leave my house. I can't do this. I can't do that. I put on COVID 15 and this and that, right. They're stuck in stage three. Then then there's there's somebody who says, well, I I can't change that, but I change how I look at it. Those are the people they've cleaned out their closets. They realize they only have to, you know, steam around the front of their shirts. You know, they're seeing more people than ever through Zoom and FaceTime and they're adapting. Right. And so it's the same experience. And again, not minimizing it. Like I said, I had it twice, lost loved ones, but but it's how we move through it. What do we make? What do we do with our experiences? One keeps us stuck. One moves us forward. Yeah. Learning through what you go through, mm-hmm. not allowing fear to creep in, um, to stop you, you know, really adapting. It's how you adapt to your situation for sure. Oh man. Yeah. Cause COVID it was, is so different for, cause I, I'm not minimizing it. But I, I talked to a person who their church hasn't even met back in person yet. And I'm like, hold on. So you can go to a restaurant, you can go to Walmart, you can go all these places, but you can't go to church. I would not be going to that church. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, that one is deeply in stage three and one is deeply in stage four. I mean, that's it. That you see it. You can, you, when you look at the five stages, yes, it was discovered through betrayal, but you can, you can apply it to so many things and just really see how people show up. And I, and I just want to bring this up because you mentioned fear. Fear is one of the biggest reasons why we stay stuck. And in fact, there were three groups who did not heal. And one group, this was the group where um, the betrayer had no, the, the betrayer really had no consequences. So whether it was out of financial fear, not wanting to break up a family, religious reasons had a lot to do with it too. They did all they could to turn the other cheek, you know, look the other way, whatever. I saw two things with this group. Number one, a further deterioration of the relationship. And number two, this group was the most physically ill. Your broken heart can't handle that. But people are so afraid of that death and destruction of the old, but that's the only way you birth the new. And, and just to close the loop, just so you know my story, um, rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. And that's what I did with my family. wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Or if the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something entirely new from the ground up new with the person who hurt you. And that's what I did with my husband. So not long ago was to totally transform people. We married each other again, new rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. Um, Never would I have done anything like that if I wasn't completely different. And for sure, if he wasn't, but it's only through that complete, the old is gone, nowhere to be found. It allows for the birth of the new. That is a story in itself, how (laughs) you can, you know, rebuild with, you know, and I was, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was, you know, you, if you want to create a new life with your partner, 
a new life different than the one that you have, you both have to be committed to creating that and doing the work and the transition and everything is not easy. Oh, I'll tell you, you know, here's, here's an analogy and this is how I see it. People ask me all the time, can trust be repaired? I say, no. Can it be rebuilt? Yeah, it's a big job. I look at trust like a brick wall. The way it works, the only way I know of a brick wall being built is brick by brick by brick, right? And now imagine this brick wall. Here's this person building this brick wall. And then one earth shattering moment, the whole thing could come tumbling down. Now, you can look at the rubble of bricks and say, I don't have the least bit of interest in watching that thing get rebuilt. Walk away. Totally, totally fine. However, if you're willing, that would be the job of the betrayed person. The other person has to be a really good bricklayer. And it goes up the same way it went up the first time, brick by brick by brick. Every opportunity they have to show that they're trustworthy, that's one brick in that brick wall. So it takes time. But here's what I see. That person shatters the brick wall. They're not really all that invested in rebuilding it. The person who's been betrayed feels so you know, so distraught, so hurt, so much pain. They just want it better. They're like, fine, I'll build it. No, that's why they never feel safe. That's why they never trust, you see? Because the other person really isn't involved in righting the wrong. Healing from betrayal, truly, it's like a reckoning. You are taking on yourself. If that person is you know, interested in rebuilding themselves, they do that too. But all the work we do within the PBT Institute, it's not necessarily about, you know, people come to me all the time. Oh, I just want to make sure that that we're okay. I can't guarantee that, but I know for sure we're going to get that person to their physical, mental, and emotional best. Now, if their partner says, I better step up my game to meet the strength of that person, they'll do the work. But if not, they'll just simply outgrow that person. But what a lot of people do is they're afraid of their growth. They're afraid of their strength. So they don't want to do that work. So they'll just kind of keep going back into the same thing. And that's why we have repeat betrayals. And it's so comfortable to stay where you are, to stay with, you know, your, your bad, your monster that you have, because you, you, and especially if your mindset's not right, it it isn't. So how do Let's say I've got a listener that wants to work with you. How do they work with your institute? Yeah, you know, there's really nothing like it. it. It's it's built. The PBT Institute was really built off of the discoveries. Like everything that works is included, and everything that doesn't work isn't included. So it, within there, we have our self-paced programs that literally move people through the stages. We have our certified coaches that teach live daily classes, and they're all certified. They're all certified in the five stages but they bring in their own specialty of narcissism, reconciliation, chronic pain, divorce. I mean, what, you know, so they all specialize in different things. And then uh, we bring in experts to teach master classes that you can't get, you know, appointments with. They're just, you know, they just like serving our community and I'm in there doing Q and a, and we have a very unique community that lifts and inspires. So it's not like you know, we're all in a club we never wanted to be in, but we're not holding each other back. We're propelling each other forward. There truly is nothing like it. It's just the PBT, it's the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And, you know, like I said in the beginning, the links are in the show notes or the description. If you're watching this on YouTube below, definitely like if you didn't learn anything from this, you weren't listening. You were not paying attention. Like you need to go back and re-re- like re-listen to it um, because there were there was so much 
there. And if you know that you need to heal and you need help and you need the resources, definitely check out her website because it's, it's all there. It is all there. (laughs) So thank you so much, Debbie, for being here with me. Thank you so much for the opportunities. People like you that give people like me a voice. So I'm so grateful. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.